Hey everybody, this is the first ever episode of Signal 7 Podcast. I'm Emily. And I am Drew. And today we're going to talk about the case of Jerry Michael Williams. So you guys, I'm going to be telling Drew the story. He has no idea anything about Jerry Michael Williams, do you? No, I don't. Uh, you well, you briefly mentioned like his name and like right. that we were going to do this, but I do not have. I mean, I literally have never even heard of that guy or the case. Yeah, <laughs> so, this case is truly wild. So I don't, I don't know where it's at or where it takes place or when. So I'm uh, I'm excited. The mysterious disappearance of Jerry Michael Williams. Wait, he, he disappears. He disappears. Okay, all right. Yeah, I thought that was like the bad guy. No. All righty. So Jerry Michael Williams was known as Mike to all of those who loved him. He grew up just north of Tallahassee, where you could regularly find him sitting in a blind and hunting ducks. Do you know what a blind is? Yeah, it's like a, like a hunting stand, kind of like yeah. you hunt uh, ducks or, or deer or whatever. Yeah, it's basically either or. So, like I said, you could find him hunting on the weekends regularly when he wasn't excelling in high school. They described him as a jock who had the perfect girlfriend, perfect grades, and the perfect sidekick best friend. He and his girlfriend, Denise, stood the test of time, remaining together through high school and through Mike's time at Florida State University. Boo. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind mind them, but... uh, We're from Florida, so... (laughs) Go Panthers. Oh. Never mind. Crickets. (laughs) Mike graduated with a degree in political science and urban planning. Okay. What is an urban planning (laughs) uh urban planning is like uh someone who'd work for like a city government okay and do like uh infrastructure stuff you know, so like he roadways yeah and different development projects stuff like that so a double major it wasn't long before a property appraising firm hired mike from what i've read they say they snatched him up they really wanted him he married his high school sweetheart and very quickly started making two hundred thousand dollars a year wow yeah and when is this uh in his what 20s. year is it this is in 1994. Okay, that he yeah, married so his Denise. I mean, still a, a lot of money today, but even back then, I mean, it's all ton of money. Yeah, yeah, they were very well off by what I could find, and in 1999, they had a beautiful baby girl. So she keeps watching the clock, and it's midday. And if for those of you who don't know, when you go hunting, you leave pretty early. Like some people leave as early as 4 a.m. because you want to be there before the sun rises, and also it's less hot. Um, so it's midday and now she's frantic. She calls her dad and says, dad, Mike went hunting. He went hunting like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I'm not sure the time, but I'm sure it's super early. He's supposed supposed to be back by now because we're supposed to be leaving. She begs him to go look for him. This just wasn't like Mike. He wouldn't stay out this long, especially because it was their anniversary and he was apparently really excited to go on the trip with her. So, Denise's dad and Mike's best friend, Brian, remember the best friend sidekick he had since high school, head out to Seminole Lake. This is where Mike told Denise that he would be hunting. Lo and behold, they find Mike's truck there, but no sign of Mike anywhere. Hmm, that's interesting. The FWC launches a massive search where they eventually find Mike's boat 200 feet away from his truck with his shotgun still in the case. But again, no Mike. After two months of searching with no evidence of Mike being found, it was concluded that Mike must have fallen 
out of his boat with waders on and drowned, eventually leaving him to be eaten by alligators. Really? Yeah. So the theory they had was that he was on his duck boat mm-hmm. and, you know, he's in the swamp. He's in Florida, Tallahassee swamp. Yeah. So you can just imagine how many dead trees and logs are in the water. So the theory was that he was out running his boat and must have hit a log and it sent him overboard. And if you're wearing waders, it essentially is a death sentence for duck hunters because it will fill up very quickly your waders once you're in the water and essentially drown you. Oh yeah, they can get super, super heavy. Um, that's unfortunate. Is that like, is that the end of the case? I mean, is there, <laughs> is there more yeah, to it? Yeah, that's actually the end of it. So we're going to leave it here, you guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our Meyer podcast. No, that's not the end of it. Oh. Okay, I was, <laughs> I was hoping. I was like, all right, well, yeah, was, uh, best seven minutes ever. <laughs> so everyone's very confused by this because, like I said, he's been doing this since he was very little. He was a very seasoned duck hunter. And again, the fact they weren't able to find anything other than his boat and the gun and the gun case, like they didn't find a shoe. They didn't find like any limbs or any sign of him being eaten. They just assumed he must have been eaten, right? I mean, it's very logical to think that in a, in a Florida swamp. Right. It is. But like, again, with, with being like an experienced hunter and like probably very used to, you know, since he owned the boat, he took it out a lot, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. And, uh, you know, you'd probably, if you're out there alone, you'd probably have like the dead man switch on where right. it would cut out if you were to be thrown overboard. So even though the waders like do fill up really fast, mm-hmm. I feel like you could you could usually grab onto like the side of your boat or something um unless he was i mean he could have been knocked unconscious right like, obviously there's the, definitely yeah. he could have for sure that's uh, definitely what they're thinking happened i mean like i said it's very logical out there in the swamp i mean we've saw what happened to the little kid at disney yeah no i mean gators like in in you know certain situations can be very aggressive but um you know it, it does seem like there's you know a little bit more to the story mm-hmm. like I, if i was part of the family i'd be probably still kind of scratching my head a little bit well they are they are but his wife decides to hold a memorial two months after the search so i think it was the week after the search was concluded by the fwc and investigators that he must have fallen off his boat so she decides to have a memorial the mom was like i don't know i think it might be too soon for that um but Denise, the wife, was like, "Like I really need this for myself. This is more for me. This is like, I need to grieve. Right. This is a proper way for me to, to grieve. And it's been two months. We don't know what happened. To, like, she basically said she needed it for herself and for her child. And Cheryl, who is Mike's mom, was like, okay, we can help you guys with it, whatever. But Cheryl just didn't get it. She never, ever believed that the gator theory was real so even though cheryl let them have the memorial for her son she refused to believe that an alligator had eaten her son she had this overall gut feeling that there was much more story than what the investigators could find actually in her spare time cheryl did her own investigation and six months after mike went missing there was a break in the case that she had been waiting and praying for a fisherman had found a pair of waders and lake seminole where Brian had last parked his boat and his truck. Hmm. This is six months has gone by, and they have finally found the pair of waders that they believe belonged 
to Mike. And they had uh, they had originally called the case off after two months. Two months. Two months. So, so like another four months went by, and basically this happened. Exactly. Okay. So they bring in the dive team. The dive team searches around. They find no body, but they do find a jacket and a flashlight. So they go the inside. The, what? Yeah, I know. So inside the jacket pocket, they found a registered hunting license, registered to Mike Williams. Okay. And the flashlight still worked. Wow. So it didn't make sense that these items were found perfectly. Like there was there was no decay that you would think there would be at the bottom of the lake, you know, with waders and the fact the flashlight still worked. Like that all didn't make sense to anybody. Yeah, that does not add up at all. It's like six months in the water. There's no way a flashlight works. Yeah. And the fishing license was still very legible. You could fully see his signature and this was a paper hunting license it's not like a card or anything like that right and there was no bite marks or no damage to the to the waiters or the jacket so the well that's yeah that's the thing too is if you if you go with the alligator theory um you know even if even if an alligator were to like eat him like head first um at the very least if if the alligator didn't eat the whole waiters and the jacket with him on like him with it on they would definitely still have like some teeth marks or like some tears in them you know right yeah so a week later from them finding these items in the lake seminole denise has mike legally declared dead all right so (laughs) finger is definitely starting to point towards denise here and what's interesting is in the state of Florida, it actually takes around five to seven years after a person's disappearance. You can't just, someone can't just go disappearing and you'd be like, oh, they're dead. Definitely right. dead. But if you provide evidence, otherwise proving that the person is in fact dead, like evidence as in the items found in the lake, and if you hold a formal public hearing to inform the public of their death, you can declare that person dead legally. Hmm. And I'm guessing that she, well, does she have a hearing or? She did. That, yeah. Remember that memorial she had two months after yeah. he died? Was that considered a hearing? Does that yes. count? So That's... it's like a, I shouldn't have said a hearing. I'm sorry. It, it's, it needs to be like a public. Some sort of ceremony. Ceremony. Yes. Okay. So she was basically saying oh, I need this for closure, blah, 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 which, you know, not, not that that's, uh, like wrong or anything like that is good for people to get closure. And and some people do need that, but that's just pretty convenient in this case. She's like, yeah, I need the closure, but I also am in a rush to declare him dead. (laughs) Right. And so Cheryl, Mike's mom, she knew there was something more to the story than what she was being told by investigators. And to the investigator's defense, there was no evidence of foul play, right? And so Cheryl just kept kind of badgering them, as in like I would too if that were my son and I thought something happened, as any good mom would. And eventually she came to the conclusion that she thought maybe Denise had something to do with it. But why Denise? To her knowledge, they had a great marriage. There was nothing wrong. So why Denise? 
Right. Like where does the where does the foul play? Right. They just had a baby. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And then going back before, you know, the day everything happened, Denise was at home with a baby. They were supposed to leave that day. It was Denise who was calling everyone saying he was missing. So it just didn't make sense. And Mike had gone hunting that day alone, which also didn't add up to Cheryl, Mike's mom. Were there any kind of insights or reports on like whether or not Mike did that often? Like, was that something he did to like blow off steam is like go hunting alone? Or was he usually, you know, because people usually go hunting in pairs or in a group. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely safer to go in pairs. And I don't know why he went by himself. But his mother says it's not very normal for him. That's not normal behavior. So that was was kind of like an isolated incident. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what was the motive of, you know, Denise potentially? She can never find a motive. And their marriage seemed perfect, but things aren't always as they seem. What they found out later (laughs) is Denise had a boyfriend. What? And (laughs) that boyfriend just so happened to write up a very big life insurance policy on Mike before he died. No chance. Well, (laughs) it seems to make sense. Can you guess who that person was? Who what person was? Who her boyfriend was. Oh, is it his high school sidekick? (laughs) It It was Brian. No way. It was Brian. In fact, Brian was actually married. He was married to a woman named Kathy, who was also his high school sweetheart. So Brian and Kathy were high school sweethearts. They had kids at the same time. They got married at the same time. Not obviously double ceremony, but like same year, same whatever. They went on vacations together. They double dated together. They did everything together. So so you're telling me That's like Mason. Mason. Your best friend, Mason. Or like Aiden. Yeah. You're telling me that this dude went to high school and they were like best friends besties grew up they both married their high school sweethearts Mm -hmm. and he took a life insurance policy out on his friend with oh oh. in cahoots with his friend's wife and it like somehow actually went through with the plan oh yeah that's that is and the life insurance policy i read that she totaled 1.5 million dollars but she was the the benefactor of all of his bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And that's their, why she was in such a rush to get him declared officially dead. Their homes. Oh, oh, I'll tell you why. That's coming up soon. You're getting ahead oh, of me, okay? More? There's what? more. So he, she got everything. I guess like if your spouse dies, you get social security. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, it just depends on the situation, I guess. So she ended up getting a total over two million dollars is how much she got when he died right and there was a bit of rumors that she was in credit card debt but like i said he made a lot of money she was a stay-at-home mom they had a really nice house a nice big house like right yeah he was in like like, a really good spot financially which is like confusing so i i found a few reports saying that but i don't know how credible that is so i mean did the did the police like see i mean usually they check like records of that kind of stuff like couldn't they see that there was like some kind of policy taken out you know or or did like the insurance company not report that to the police because you know it's been 
I mean, how long ago did he take the policy out from when he died? Like, that's you can't just like take a policy out on somebody and murder them and collect the money. That's like shoots up a lot. So of So they flags. actually, yeah, they actually the insurance company launched their own investigation, but again, there was no hard evidence that Brian was the one who killed Mike. No, yeah, I know, but like. I mean, he had to have been, like, questioned and stuff, He definitely was. They did a big investigation. Didn't last very long because they couldn't find anything. Um, Brian and Denise seemed very happy in love. So, nothing was questioned. Nothing was done. Like, Brian seemed... Like, you mean Denise and Mike seemed happy in love? No, Brian, his best friend, and Denise. Like, did he get a divorce from Oh, oh, you're ahead of me. Come on, come on. What? You're ahead of me. Okay, I'm getting to the story, so... Well, what do you mean? Why would that be okay if they were in love, though? Like, Brian... I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just Brian saying... Brian and Denise, them being in love would be... It's like bad. Red, like, it'd be a red flag for the police, right? It would, but again, there's no evidence. Like, they can't find anything in their phone records or anything like that. And Brian had an alibi that day. His yeah, alibi true. was that he was supposed to go hunting with his father-in-law that morning, but mm-hmm. yeah... And his wife was able, because at this time he was still married to his wife. So she was able to vouch for him like, yeah, he was there at the house that morning. He slept in. He was supposed to go hunting with my dad, but we slept in. Okay. So yeah, I guess there's no hard evidence to pin either of them at the crime. Right. Or like the area. Right. So all of this really was kind of, everyone was kind of side-eyeing Brian and Denise because they yeah, they also what do you get mean? I'd be like hey uh remember that person you killed that was your best friend and also your husband so after she declares her husband dead legally right he very quickly gets a divorce Brian gets a divorce Brian gets a divorce from Kathy oh, that's crazy and marries Denise hmm it's a big old shock it is a big old shock I'm sure they took a nice honeymoon with the uh blood money insurance money i'm sure they did so back to cheryl mike's mom all of this was reason enough for her to believe that you know it was denise it was denise 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 but how like how why what yeah i mean she wasn't really sure textbook that's enough to like have this the mother was her name cheryl cheryl yeah like that's enough to like send her on a a lifelong quest to like figure out oh she does yeah no i mean i'm sure so she writes a letter to the governor every 60 every day every day every day of the year every whatever she's writing a letter every single day to the governor and mailing it to him Mm -hmm. she's pestering you know the cold case investigators and again like until 2004 she's pestering them every single day and they they stop taking her calls they're like this crazy mother just can't accept that her son was eaten by an alligator like that's a hard thing to accept so like i right. understand yeah they're saying like yeah you know sometimes you just get screwed type of deal but i don't know there's too many there's too many coincidences right that went on with that you but know? again there's no hard evidence to prove anything right right yeah so in 2004 cheryl has done enough of her own investigation that she actually presents clues to investigators who reopened the case in 2004. Ooh, okay. The evidence, and I'm going to read this because I don't want to leave anything out. The evidence she found that the investigators agree don't add up is that the location of which Mike's boat was found 
should not be on that side of the lake because there had just been a storm the night before. So, or a storm had just came. So, like, if the boat was in the proper place, if the wind had pushed it, it would be on the opposite side of the lake. So, that part, you know, you can't... Like, the current was moving the other way. Right. So, like, if it was an unmanned vessel, it wouldn't have... If he would have fallen off the boat, actually, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have made sense for where t- the boat ended up without him. Okay. Because of the wind, because of the storm. Gotcha. The location in which Mike launched his boat that morning was not his usual spot. He was a man of habit. There, He had this one sweet spot for hunting that he went to every single time. Like, I'm not a betting person. I'm not a betting woman. But if I was, like, I would bet he was going there every single time, right? So, why was he using this new spot, right? Right. So, they're thinking maybe he was with someone and foul play was involved. That's what Cheryl's mom is thinking. Right, like it just happened on this day for it to yeah, be that's what Mike's mom is a thinking. different spot in a different circumstance. Like right. that's, there's too many things that's like, why why now? You know? I have a long list. So, so the next thing is when the boat was found, the motor was off and the gas tank was completely full. If Mike had in fact been knocked off his boat while driving the boat. Yeah, the key would have still showed on. The boat motor still would have been on and it would have had well if if you know you originally had said like a a floating log could have like got jammed in the propeller or whatever right right but even if that did you know that was the case and it threw him from the boat and it cut the motor off um at at the very least the key would have still been switched to the on position right and like the motor still would have been going eventually i mean this is there was basically a full tank so it, it was as if he had never left. Right. It was like he just showed up right. and was dead. Yeah. So Cheryl, like I said, she did a very thorough investigation on her own. Cheryl brought in an alligator expert from FSU who agreed with her original statement that I forgot to mention earlier that alligators do not feed during winter months. Okay. I actually didn't know that even though. <laughs> even living in florida i didn't yeah. know that so that storm that happened was one of many storms and there was a cold front coming in okay so it didn't make sense that one a he would have been eat, would have been eaten by an alligator but again it's an animal you never know but it, they tend to not feed during these months because it's cold right and like a cold front would actually kind of make them not scared but like kind of uh it's like they're in you know, hibernation yeah, in a way. Yeah, like retreat yeah. into their their own little area that they're not going to, you know, go pursue food type of right. thing. So, and the alligator expert mentioned if he had in fact been eaten by an alligator, they at least would have found limbs because alligators, they're not like snakes. They don't swallow their food whole. Right, exactly. They tear it apart. Yeah, that's like, why I said there would have been tears in like his jacket right. or in his waders. Like an alligator's not going to... He's not like using a fork and knife and able to like, oh, let me unstrap your waders for you. Like, yeah. No, like he's going to chew. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, there's going to be like gashes there's, and stuff. There's no evidence of that in his the items found. So, and he also said alligators tend to feed on large items together. So an alligator would have taken an arm, an alligator would have taken a leg. Right. There would be pieces of of him throughout, especially the swamp. if you were yeah, if you were out there later that day, you would have at least been able to find. A piece or two right and it's it's midday by the time denise's father and brian get there right so my next thing was again the waiter like you said was in pristine condition there was no way that it had been there for six months and there was no way that it had been 
you know, he had been eaten by an alligator with his waders on. Mm-hmm. So it, there was just this whole theory just seemed to be debunked, right? So this case closed in 2008, four years later, without any trace of what happened to Mike. Authorities felt like they, you know, ended up looking at all of the clues and they knew what happened. They felt like it was Denise and maybe Brian just by the fact that, you know, Brian had written that life insurance policy. They were now married. Everyone kind of felt like they knew exactly what happened but couldn't like find the clues. You, you Unfortunately, you can't, you know, arrest somebody based off feelings because then Brian Laundrie would be in custody by now. Right. Yeah. Right? It's like the thing where it's, you know, everyone... It has to hold up in court. No, and like you kind of look at him, like you said, you're like, come on, like you guys really are going to make it that blatantly obvious. But then, uh, you know, sometimes criminals are a little bit savvy and smart and they, you know, do something horrible, but they they do it in a way where they can't really get pinned for it. So it's like, man, like that's it it just is kind of disgusting, you know? It is disgusting. And so, again, the case closed in 2008, and there's literally no trace. So, it's this is how it's like left is like literally yeah. just Brian and Denise live happily ever after. Ah. Psych. Just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, in 2000. 2000- I, <laughs> I was like, damn it. I'm going to go look in a. I'm going to have to go take a trip to Tallahassee now and start looking so around. So, in 2012, Life in Paradise became a little shaky for Brian and Denise. They officially separated and their divorce was finalized in 2015. Okay. So, in 2016, Denise is on her way to work and she gets this weird, strange feeling that somebody is in her backseat. No way. She turns around and it's Brian with a gun pointed directly at her. Did you think it was Mike? I thought Mike was just Houdini (laughs) and like back from the the 15 year grade. I wish that would be great. He's just like, you thought I was gone. I'm back. Okay, so no, it's Brian. And he starts screaming at Denise. He's pissed. He said, I didn't want this divorce. You did this. He was upset. Um, Obviously, they had been through a lot together. And he was like, and you're just throwing everything away for nothing. Right? Mm -hmm. So she eventually is able, because she's clearly a sociopath herself. She, you know, calms him down, was like, babe, you know, you have to turn your life around. Because obviously what, like betraying your best friend and marrying the girl his ex-wife like that's just not i don't know he she was like you've been through a lot you know he had just lost custody of his daughter and he was like i lost my daughter i lost you i have nothing to live for basically like if i'm going down you're coming with me and did they have like by daughter did they have a kid no, together they had that's no, like his previous... i didn't see that actually i don't think they had any kids together um, I didn't see any record of that, but it, okay. yeah, they could be. But by daughter, he meant the he meant daughter like with his Kathy. Original daughter, yeah. Okay. yeah. Gotcha. So again, like he's screaming at her. She eventually is like, "Like you are just in a really bad place." I guess like he might have been drinking and just like not in the right mind frame. And and she was like, "You just need to get your life back, and you'll get all of us back." I still love you. You know, obviously calming him down, right? Well, yeah, because he has gun pointed at her in the right. back seat of his car so she calms him car. down and she's like i promise like i'm gonna take you home i'm gonna take you back to your car and you're gonna be okay i'm not gonna tell the cops about this just go home cool off so is it okay he and goes to like, his yeah, car that, that'll work and then she just probably immediately calls 911 he goes to the car 
back to his car and yeah she basically just drives straight to the yeah and she's like yeah this crazy dude that i just divorced is trying to kill me absolutely so he is arrested and charged with kidnapping domestic violence and armed robbery hmm. but does that mean oh that he's gonna start weaseling his way into so, talking about the the you know cold case do you think he had anything to do with it um yeah, I mean, yeah, he had to know about it. He had so, to, but but I think that just from like the overall like feel of this case and like the way Denise is, I feel like she might be like the ringleader type of thing. And like, but I still yeah. think that Brian probably was like he did something wrong for sure. I don't know what, but so back to Cheryl, Mike's mom. She had she she bought billboards and plastered his face on it and said if you know anything about this missing person or anything about this case mm-hmm. call this tip line yeah like i said she's just for the last like 10 years just been grinding right like probably every day oh well this is 16 years this is 2016 that okay yeah he goes well, to jail still, I, mean, I actually like think I said, it's like, 2018 now it's 2018 so fast forward 2018 i don't i don't think you can ever let that go just because absolutely you're, you're like, not. well this guy definitely like my son did not die from an alligator like someone like you guys see this like we have to do something about this you know and even worse her husband dies so she's lost her husband she's lost her son and now denise is saying that if cheryl which is again mike's mom does not stop trying to prove that this is a criminal case and not a missing persons case that she's going to deny her access to her granddaughter oh man no you mean yeah, if if she stops like trying to uncover the fact that Denise literally killed her husband, like yeah, yeah. that's that makes Cheryl sense. doesn't stop though. Cheryl's getting trying to get justice for her son. Yeah, as, so as would she's anybody. making picket signs, and she will be the only person out there on the side of the road. But she does not let people forget about Mike and about his case. In the case of Brian, he is offered immunity if he has any information for the case of jerry michael williams if he knows anything he will be given immunity by the court which means he will not suffer any like yeah i mean he'll be free he'll be free i mean he's still in jail for 20 years but if he fesses up whatever wait would they give him you mean he'll he won't be charged at all for the case if he tells every single why would he be in jail for 20 years then because he was arrested and charged for kidnapping armed oh, so burglar. They, they're giving him immunity on the cold case of, right if he has Mike, yeah but they wouldn't they would still be booking him for like the situation that he just, yeah. just did okay but he i think he ends up getting out on parole or something i don't know anyways so he's like okay i have a story to tell yeah i mean i i at this point i need to know like how they like worked this whole situation like i need to know how how they got him and through the whole, you know, charging him with kidnapping, domestic violence, and the armed burglary, this is when it's all in that time frame. And he, he's like, it also like helps him out in a way. And I'll describe that in a second. So when he's going through his case, they were like, why would you do that? Why would you, you know, have a gun pointed out her? And actually, when he was getting out of the car, he had some items in the back that he needed to get. So when he was getting that out of the car, he went around to grab it. Mm-hmm. When he was getting into his car, Denise looked around. He had a tarp. He had bleach and tools. He oh, really? fully intended to kill her that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Brian kind of went went off the deep end. Right. So, I mean, wouldn't you? Well, Anyways. I mean, the situation just is crazy to begin with. So, I don't know how you double-cross your best friend like that. He says, I did that 
and again, he's given immunity at this point. They, so they say, hey, you know, we'll give you immunity. Why did you, why did you do that to Denise? Like, why, why were you so angry at her? And again, we'll give you immunity. And he's like, I was so angry with her because I was scared that she was going to tell somebody that I killed Mike Williams. Man, your boy from high school. Like how, one, yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. All right, what, what did he, how did he like do it? Like, what did he say? So this is what happened. We're back in 2000. Actually, I think we're back in the 80s and 90s. They had an affair from before I think they were even married, maybe. And Brian and Denise did? Brian and Denise. Okay. And Kathy and Mike had no idea. In fact, Mike actually confided in Brian. I was like, you know, she's not, you know, we're not intimate in the last 18 months. I think maybe she's seeing somebody else. Like, and he fully trusted Brian to give him good, solid advice. But Brian was the guy she was seeing. And listen to this. Dude, that's just so slimy. Like, so uh, they uh. would they would go on trips together. And anytime, you know, Mike had a work trip that Denise went on, Brian would come to that same city and wait for Mike to leave. And they would hang out. Uh, like Brian would or Mike would have no idea. That's so bad. And so they were intimate together. It was it's truly, truly crazy. So So that was going on for like years. A long time. Wow. And Mike had no idea. That it was Brian at least. So so we're in two thousand and Brian invites Mike to go hunting with him. Right. And Brian says, Oh, my phone's dead. Don't bother calling me when you get there because he said he was really worried about his phone pinging. Mm-hmm. And, well, in that specific area. And so he's like, I've got this really sweet, special spot, man. I think you're going to love it. Like, we're going to go get so many, you know, ducks. We're going to get so many ducks. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, you know how it is when, like, you're with your boys. You're like, yeah, we're going to go golfing. We're going to hit so many golf balls, you know? Yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> okay, well, anyways. So he was very excited Mike was very excited. He shows up. Um, Brian somehow convinces him, hey, we're really in a time crunch. And so he tells Mike, go ahead and get your waiters on. And he gets his waiters on. And Go ahead and uh, can you try these cement waiters on for me? But, you you know, you trust your friend. You trust your best no, friend. Yeah, I mean, you know I, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I would never, ever think anything. No. So he gets his waiters on. They go out for a little bit, a little ways down the lake. And Brian pushes Mike in but it doesn't stop there Brian you know he's he's freaking out he doesn't even have time to think he doesn't even time like did he just push me in Mm -hmm. so he is struggling and finds a log and holds on to it okay and he's like thinking probably what the hell is going on at this point Brian's like oh my god this is not going the way I expected it to I thought he would drown and it could be an accident I thought this would all look like an accident and it doesn't because he's still alive. But now Brian's like, this dude, or I'm sorry, but now Mike's like, this dude just fully pushed me in, intending for me to drown. Yeah. Like, he, like how do you get out of that situation? Yeah. Like, he definitely just tried to, you know, injure and kill slash him. or kill me, you know? No, he didn't. Yeah. It, this, it, when you're, you can feel a push. It's not like they both fell off the boat and right, only yeah. Brian came back. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Right. So Brian's circling Mike now, unsure of what to do. Oh, man, this makes me so sad. He pulls out his shotgun, loads it, doesn't even look at Mike's face, and fires. No way. He goes and gets Mike's body, puts it in the boat, 
drives to the land, gets Brian's body, puts it in the back of his truck. Wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike's body. Yeah. He gets Mike's body. Sorry. Too many people. He gets Mike's body, puts it in the boat, drives back over, puts it in the back of his truck, and he goes home. Okay. Where was all like the, the blood and stuff? Like, how did they not find anything? That is really a good... Maybe he wasn't bleeding at that point. But, so fast forward, he goes, showers, crawls back in bed with his wife because he's still married at this point and he had given her sleeping pills the night before. Oh my God. So that she wouldn't wake up early the next morning or notice that he was gone. And this is all like confession from him, obviously? Yes, this is all confessions from him. What a crazy guy. And so, he... Like, he's like, shit, like, my best friend is the, in the back of my truck. So, he's in bed with his wife and calls his then father-in-law. Well, his wife could kind of hear, but again, she had sleeping pills. She's probably OD on sleeping pills. And didn't, like, she could remember him calling, but not really, you know, mm-hmm. she's a little groggy. But enough to, like, testify that he had an alibi, right? Calls his father-in-law at pings at the house that he was there at his house calls his father-in-law and says you know i overslept i can't go hunting i'm so sorry you know whatever sleeps for a little bit and then tells his wife he's going to train the dogs when he comes back outside his house the uh the driver was on an incline there's blood seeping out of the back of the truck well i i could imagine yeah i mean that's what that's what didn't make sense to me originally like how did they not find at least like a drop a of blood on the boat or something you well know? it again it's mike's boat so if there's blood uh, yeah i guess it is a hunting boat yeah, yeah that's true or it could even like he could have used it for fishing or something but i didn't find any report to say they found any blood at the scene right so he freaks out doesn't do anything about the blood at the moment but he drives i think i want to say it was like 600 miles was it let me see it doesn't say specifically but he drives a really long way because he's now saying, you know, he's gone training the dogs. He drives. Right. Well, 600 miles would take like 10 hours. Maybe it wasn't 600. I don't know. So he drives a really long way. And he dumps the body by a creek that he knows the water would eventually rise. And he starts digging. What's crazy enough is that when he went to Walmart to buy the shovel and the tarp, he actually ran into somebody he knew. No way. And his best friend is still in the back of his truck. Oh, just dripping blood. And he's like, dude, like, I gotta get out of here. But you also don't want to act suspicious because you know there's going to be an investigation later. Yeah, you don't want to be buying a, a shovel and a tarp and you're like, uh, yeah, no, I gotta, uh... And then, like, later, <laughs> they're like, oh, wait, like, your best friend was dying. Like, oh, but I found your other best friend, like, at the Walmart with the, with the shovel and a tarp yeah, anyways with, like, these weird items that but that was never connected like no one ever spoke up about that which i found crazy because if i saw anyone's best friend with a shovel and a tarp i'm like oh they did it they right. did it yeah but it was like a kind of a small town type of situation yeah right? it wasn't so technically it's... tallahassee it was like northern right up, yeah florida so this was never dog he was the one who had to say that this all happened so he's shoveling his friend away and a car drives up no way yeah like somebody he knows or just like a random car? random random car so he's now like trying to bury his body there were some bushes so they're like what what you uh what you doing out here sir what you digging there and he 
like afterwards said i at one point thought it was like fwc or some sort of authority however the guy was just there to do hunting himself okay so nothing was ever reported he never said i saw a weird guy in the woods so he ends up finishing burying his body and he now his mission is i've got blood in the back of my truck oh yeah i mean that's like and it's not the type of yeah and i guess it stains or something because not a normal hose could wash this off he actually had to drive around out of town to find a pressure washer like car kind of situation thing Mm -hmm. so he does that and then he goes to this was christmas time too so he goes to a little christmas thing with his family and then it's just trying to act like he's fine that that morning didn't happen psycho he's going to like the holiday festival with the his holi- kids. yeah yeah everything's yeah. fine yeah singing old holy night <laughs> right and so and that's when he gets the call from denise's father that mike was missing huh. and he jumps into action that's crazy i can't believe that he would do like i don't know just like looking at it from from like a perspective of like our own lives like i, I just couldn't imagine doing that to like a good friend of mine you no. know like no other significant other is worth killing a person for well it's not even i mean they could have just you know gotten Divorced. divorces and then gotten together you know right it's not but like nobody needed to die she came from i guess a very like image like obsessed family she was i mean i don't even know how to describe her she's just like the type of like girl from the south that like needs the perfect life and so divorce to her really wasn't an option and this was the only way out but she divorced Brian. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like they end up getting a divorce anyway yeah. after the fact. So it's like you know you. I don't know. That's just that's wild. Well, what happened to uh, like what happened with like sentencing and stuff? Like did so she... she's get given life in prison without the possibility of parole. Oh, she is. And okay. he does twenty years, and gets out. Wow. With the possibility of t- parole, actually, too. So. So how were they able to prove that like she was? kind of like the puppet master behind the whole thing i guess he just or did he just say that he did everything and he just said that she well, it was about she it. was the mastermind because this wasn't their only they had other plans like another plan they were you know if this one didn't work out or another i guess plan to oh, so kill. She, she orchestrated this whole thing she, like she orchestrated she, she was told, the mastermind she told brian like how he needed to do everything yes she so he you. claimed she was the mastermind behind everything and he was just you know the pup he was just the puppet that did everything right i got you so basically uh he just like admitted to doing everything but she was the one that you know actually planned everything and Mm -hmm. you know told him like do this this and this yeah and they actually had other plans as well um one of those plans where they were all going to go on the boat out into the ocean and only denise and brian were going to come back (laughs) <laughs> so they had like multiple different ways she had like... multiple ways but brian was like wait no i i you know kathy might not be my forever but i don't want her to die man yeah that's just like that's crazy exactly like you know even if even if they did have to get a divorce i just don't see you're like that's they... the mother of my child i don't want her to die yeah i don't see how they came to the conclusion that like murder was the only solution you know like that's just that's just wild it really is okay guys that is the case of jerry michael williams aka mike williams thank you so much for listening to our podcast yeah thank you guys for tuning in i uh that one, that one took some turns you know it, it was took some uh, turns, yeah. i i kind of saw where it was going 
um, after like a little bit, but then a few things surprised me. It's also crazy. I don't know. The way they like handled the investigation just kind of seems crazy to me, but shout out to cheryl for never giving up yeah i mean that's like uh that's what you got to do in some situations i guess everyone yeah she finally got she finally got closure uh she finally got some justice for Mm -hmm. mike which is good she knew all along she knew it just sucks though because like you can never bring mike back but like you know at least she she has something to you know kind of like i said get that closure Mm -hmm. on it's just like such a shame that again they saw like okay instead of just getting a divorce and being normal people and you know saying oh it didn't work out like but we want to be together you know they murdered a a guy who literally deserved so much more yeah yeah he was a great guy from what i've heard from his friends and family yeah like he He was doing what he thought was right he loved her that was his high school sweetheart that's just crazy i know Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to Signal 7 Podcast. It really means a lot that you're here, and I hope that you guys listen to next week's. Bye.